Words have the capacity for deception. They're all full of subtext, and some of them are cliche and overused in vernacular. They're tricky. All I can say is, words are tricky. Andrew Bird. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. The topic we're covering today is something we have addressed before. However, we want to get into something a little more specific. In this episode, we're going to be talking about subtext in dialogue. As we wrap up this month of leveling up your writing, taking your writing to the next level, I wanted to make sure we included something that is the first indicator in my experience of if someone is a really good writer or a really amateur writer. And that is that subtext and dialogue. If the characters are lying and we can tell by the content of what they're saying, these things make your dialogue better, which in turn will always make your story better. When it comes to telling your audience what is happening in the story, there is so much you can tell by not writing it down. The way people say things, the way you choose to write your sentences can tell a much larger story than what is actually represented in the words. I have a friend with a fantastic t-shirt that has two T-Rexes on it. And one of the T-Rexes has a mouth that's covered in glitter. And the other one asks that one, hey, what happened to the very last unicorn? And the one covered in glitter goes, I don't know. So it's this fun way of, through the subtext, through the artwork that you see, of showing that the T-Rex murdered the very last unicorn without actually saying it out loud. And that's kind of the goal that you want to do with your dialogue, saying a lot of things without saying it. Now, it turns out that very little of communication from person to person is actually the words coming out of their mouth. There was a researcher, Albert Mirabian, I believe that's how it's pronounced, did this study on body language, and he found that 55% of communication is nonverbal, 38% is vocal, how you say it, and only 7% of communication comes to the actual words that you're giving. So these are all things that you need to be taking into consideration when you're writing your dialogue. It's so much more than the words you write. Part of the subtext is writing your action tags, is writing how the characters are communicating with their tone, with their actions, how they're looking at the other characters. The first thing we want to introduce as far as how to level up the subtext in your writing is to talk about that body language, specifically to start the hands. I talk with my hands a lot. Even as we're doing this podcast, my hands are bouncing through the air when I want to emphasize a point. I constantly have to tell her to re-say certain sentences because she has slammed her hand into her microphone stand. It's wonderful. I would never. I'm sitting here talking with my hands too. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of ways that you don't see us communicate, and a lot of that comes down to what our hands are doing. It can be difficult in your story to say exactly what hands are doing because half the time it just kind of looks like our hands are flailing around. Like, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. 
hands are going in circles and they're going all the way over the place. So it can be difficult to describe that. But it is important to include in your dialogue so that your readers aren't just imagining your characters standing there with their arms tucked by their sides or like held in weird poses. That's kind of what you do with your characters if you're not naturally describing their body language as they're communicating with each other. And we're not just talking about how my hands flail as I talk and not just pointing at different things, but what you're holding. And in my more recent recognitions, how many hands are holding the thing? If one hand is holding the coffee versus both hands holding the coffee, the one holding it with both hands cares very much more about that coffee. So if you want to add value from a character to an object, consider how your character is holding said object. There's a whole layer of subtext there that doesn't have to be communicated verbally. And of course, we're not just talking about hands, but another great indicator of what's going through a character's mind is how their feet and their posture is oriented within the scene. How people stand makes a big difference in how they're going to react to a situation. So if you have a character that is always ready for a fight, they're going to stand differently than somebody who is wearing high heels and super distracted by a cell phone. I also find it interesting to know who is standing between whom. If ever it feels like there's a threat at the house, one dog will stand between me and the threat going, okay, I've got this, I can protect you. And then the other dog will stand behind me and go, you protect me. So this is something that you can pay attention to in how your characters are communicating, how they see each other. Another element of what's unspoken and how you communicate subtext in dialogue is how things are said. This is your tone of voice. And this is probably the most difficult thing to convey in writing without just straight telling it. Because how exactly do you write that you're being sarcastic? The Martian is a great case study on sarcasm did a fantastic job of it, but oftentimes that, in my writing, comes down to how it's punctuated. So if I go, oh yeah, exclamation point, it'd be like, I remember something, oh yeah. If I go, oh yeah, period, it would be, oh yeah, uh-huh. Punctuation does a very good service in helping you convey the meaning. And I think this is why a lot of people rely on ellipses, because the ellipses can kind of convey that trailing off of thought and that slowing down near the end of a sentence. So if you're looking for a way to create a pause in dialogue, that's where you add an action tag. That's where you add a physical gesture to communicate what's going through their mind during that pause. Another element that needs to be considered when you are going into the subtext of what is spoken is what two characters know in a scene, but not a third character. A lot of sitcoms especially will have two characters communicating a point and intentionally keeping the third person out of the loop. We also wanted to mention in this episode that subtext as far as knowing who's lying and who's telling the truth is also important. If you want more on that particular topic, go back to our other subtext episode. 
we talk quite a bit more in that episode about the importance of lying and telling the truth in order to communicate subtext. When you have that subtext, when you have the non-verbal details, it makes everything feel more real in context. It especially annoys me when I see bad dialogue being written because it feels staged. Right, Lee, my editor, whom I've known for 10 years now? Yes, Lee, my editor, who also got me to start writing professionally. It feels so awkward and staged. But if we know each other that well, we are often even deleted out of this episode sharing Firefly references because it's funny. (laughs) Another way that it helps to include subtext in your dialogue is it makes those quieter characters still feel like part of the scene. If your scenes are too dialogue heavy and you're not leaving anything to subtext, the quieter characters fall into the background because they're not saying anything, therefore they're not important. Another thing to consider is that subtext is often subconscious. It's not something we pay attention to in our daily lives as we're communicating with each other. It's just something we do naturally. Especially when we are doing any text communication these days, we end up using a lot of emojis to convey that subtext. So, as you're writing, think of what emojis you would use and what is being said that you should use an emoji for instead. I'm not saying use emojis in your writing. I am saying those emojis are a placeholder for some form of subtext that you can be conveying in a different way. If you think of which emoji goes best with that particular line of dialogue, then you can start to recognize what can be taken out of the dialogue itself and made into subtext. So let's get into the homework for this episode. We want you to go out and write a short story that is entirely dialogue. Having an entirely unspoken conversation through that dialogue. And then if you want even more homework, because this is our last homework assignment for the month, go through the last chapter that you wrote or the last short story that you wrote and figure out how much you can take out of dialogue and make body language and subtext instead. I guarantee your story will be better for it. This is one of the best tools that you can apply to your writing in order to improve. There is so much that can be said without saying it. And I think that really makes the mark of a really good author is someone who understands what needs to be said, what can be said, and what should be said through other means. And I've found that the stuff with a subtext is my favorite stuff to write. It's my favorite stuff to read because I'm invested. I understand on multiple levels what's going on. And these are the scenes that I talk to my friends and family about after I've written them, because it was so cool to write this entire scene this way. So if you're hating it, then it's probably a sign you need to do it more because you will love it, but only if you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 